This episode of the NPTE Clinical Files is brought to you by the NPTE Test Strategy Playbook. Hey PTs, is your PEAT score less than 75%? And if it is, when you review your practice exams, do you find several questions that you had the knowledge to, but you still got the question wrong? Listen, you're not alone and you might have a test-taking strategy problem. You need to visit DestroyTheNPTE.com to find out how you can stop getting questions wrong about the topics that you know. Visit DestroyTheNPTE.com. You are now tuning in to the NPTE Clinical Files, two mock NPTE-based questions told and solved week by week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the NPTE Clinical Files. My name is Kyle Rice, the NPTE Prep Coach, the founder of the PT Hustle, and the creator of the NPTE Prep Success Coaching Program. And this week's NPTE Clinical File is about our patient, Bobby. And Bobby is a 56-year-old carpenter who presents with poor posturing and intermittent paresthesias into his right forearm and hand. He complains of discomfort when his right arm is kept overhead for prolonged periods. During the examination, right rotary winging and an elevated right scapula is noted. Which of the following is the best intervention to address this patient's condition? So we have A, chest press and static stretching of the deep neck flexors, B, static stretching of the upper trapezius and levator scapulae, C, is wall push-ups and static upper trapezius stretching, and D, is static stretching of the pectoralis minor and levator scapulae. All right, so for this case, we have Bobby's, this 56-year-old carpenter who presents with poor posturing and these intermittent paresthesias into his right forearm and hand. Now, we have to slow up for a moment and really think about, well, what does this being a carpenter and the poor posturing have to do with the full case here? What does it have to do with these signs and symptoms? And we will say, well, carpenters have to do a lot with their upper extremities, do they not? Um, And the fact that they're in poor posture you know, the first thing I'm thinking about is that rounded shoulder posturing, forward head, and I know that that could potentially lead to a condition called thoracic outlet. Well, Eureka here, thoracic outlet syndrome does have intermittent paresthesias into the right forearm, into the left forearm for that matter, and the hands. So that is very consistent. It makes sense that our patient is potentially dealing with thoracic outlet here. It even says in this next sentence that he complains of discomfort when his right arm is kept overhead for prolonged periods. Well, one of the tests that we utilize for thoracic outlet syndrome is this special test called the ruse test. And that's where the arms are kept at about 90 degrees of shoulder abduction and we're opening and closing the hands. Again, we're keeping the arms elevated for a prolonged period of time looking for what? Paresthesias into the forearm and hand. Guess what? That's exactly what our patient is complaining of, the discomfort into his right forearm when the arm is kept overhead for prolonged periods. So this is solidifying that, yes, I'm potentially dealing with something like a thoracic outlet syndrome right now. The next sentence says that during the examination, right rotary winging and an elevated right scapula is noted. All right, so let's slow up for a moment. It says, during the examination, right rotary winging and an elevated right scapula is noted. So I'm asking you right now, like, what does this mean to you? Does this stick out to you at all? Does rotary winging mean anything to you? Because this is a term which, 
you might confuse easily with something like a medial border winging. And most of us know that, you know, when we see medial border winging, that's like ding, 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 like serratus anterior weakness or some type of long thoracic nerve palsy, something along the lines of that. However, rotary winging and medial border winging are two different things. Rotary winging is actually when the inferior angle, the inferior border of the scapula actually protrudes outward. And that can typically be caused by pectoralis minor tightness. It also could be caused by lower trapezius weakness. All right, so that's rotary winging, which is different from medial border. So make note of that. It also says that we have an elevated right scapula. Well, we know that the upper traps can potentially be on guard or facilitated, tight, and they could cause that. Um, the levator scapulae can do that as well. So that gives us an understanding of what we're possibly seeing or what's possibly causing the elevated right scapula. Now, which of the following is the best intervention to address the patient's condition? That's what the question stem says, the best intervention to address this patient's condition. So you ready for me? Let's go down, dissect these answer choices, figure out which one it is. So A says chest press and static stretching of the deep neck flexors. Now, since the condition that we're dealing with is thoracic outlet syndrome, you should know that, well, thoracic outlet syndrome is, is perpetuated by a poor posturing, right? Tightness of the pectorals, the forward head posture like we were speaking about. So the last thing that we're going to want to do is do activities that are going to make the pectorals even tighter or to strengthen the pectorals. We also don't want to do an activity that's going to put the patient into more of a forward head position you know, stretching out those deep neck flexors. And that's exactly what A is. It's the opposite of what we want to do. The chest press is obviously going to work on the pectoralis major, make that tighter, pulling the person into a rounded shoulder posture. So we don't like that. And then static stretching of the deep neck flexors. No, listen, with forward head posture, the deep neck flexors are already inhibited. They're already stretched out. Why would you want to stretch them out even further? So A is definitely not the interventions that we want to use to help out with thoracic outlet syndrome. Let's go ahead and get rid of A. Now, when we look at B, it says static stretching of the upper trapezius and levator scap. Now, let's slow up with this one because I really like this answer. Static stretching of the upper trap and levator, I know that that is going to help with that elevated right scapula. It definitely is going to help with that. Now, the one thing I don't like is well, it don't, doesn't really address the rotary winging at all. Remember I told you rotary winging is caused by pectoralis minor tightness, and it's also caused by weakness of the lower trap. Well, static stretching of the upper trap and levator isn't really going to help with rotary winging. And static stretching of these two muscles doesn't really help with thoracic outlet syndrome either, really. So I like B because it definitely addresses the elevated right scapula, but it doesn't really do anything else. So I'm going to keep this answer in. I'm not going to eliminate it just yet, but there might be a better answer. So let's look at C. C says wall push-ups and static stretching of the upper trapezius. All right. So again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about A, because wall push-ups, do we want to really facilitate or strengthen muscles that are already tight? You know, the pectoralis major is already pulling the person into that rounded shoulder posture. Why would I want to do wall push-ups? I already don't like that. 
But most people will choose C because they look at the rotary winging and think, well, the serratus anterior must be weak. But the serratus anterior weakness doesn't cause rotary winging. It causes medial border winging. So I don't like C. Yes, static upper trapezius stretching is a good thing. I like that, but I do not like wall push-ups. So I'm going to go ahead and eliminate C. I don't like that answer. Let's look at our last answer, which is D. D says static stretching of the pectoralis minor and levator scap. Now here's the deal. I really like D as an answer choice because static stretching of the pectoralis minor, well, I know Pectoralis minor tightness causes rotary winging, so that addresses that. The levator scapulae can cause elevated right scapula, so I'm addressing that. I love it. I love D. But you know why I really like D? I really like D because there are a couple different reasons why you can get thoracic outlet syndrome. One of the major reasons is tightness and compression caused by the scalenes. All right, those scalenes get really tight and just irritated and they can compress on the brachial plexus. Well, that's one reason. But the other reason that's really popular is when the pectoralis minor just gets so tight and bound down that it also compresses on the brachial plexus as it goes towards the upper arm. So pectoralis minor tightness can cause thoracic outlet syndrome. Bingo, right there. So static stretching of the pectoralis minor is definitely something I would want to do. And also stretching of the levator scapula can also decrease that elevated right scapula. All right. So I love D. I think it's the better answer. Remember, I liked B as well, but it wasn't really addressing thoracic outlet specifically. So my final answer here is D, static stretching of the pectoralis minor and levator scapulae. That is the best. If you got this question correct, congratulations. If you didn't, you understand a bit more about thoracic outlet syndrome and some of the exercises that would be best to address this specific condition. Now, what I will say is that this question right here, you can easily use test strategies in order to arrive at the best answer, even if you didn't know what rotary winging is. Yes, that means that there are strategies that are out there that you can use on your MPTE to completely get rid of rotary winging, like not even look at that and still get down to the right answer. Listen, I want to teach you how to do that. But in order for me to teach you, you have to go to destroythempte.com. All right, as always, I want to thank you for listening. My name is Kyle Rice, the MPTE Prep Coach. And as always, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you on the next one. This episode of the MPTE Clinical Files is brought to you by the MPTE Test Strategy Playbook. If you are constantly getting down to the final two answers but always seem to select the wrong one, visit destroythempte.com to learn how to get down to the final answer fast.